Welcome to Ask the Expert with noted radio host Steve Sleeper. Each week, Steve interviews entrepreneurs and professionals and shares their intriguing stories of success and service. Now, here's radio veteran Steve Sleeper. Our guest today is criminal defense attorney Angela Singleton in Oklahoma City. Attorney Singleton is both attentive and aggressive. She makes sure you understand each step of the process and know all your options. She'll help you move forward and get your life back. I began the interview by asking Angela about her firm. I started my firm back about three years ago. Before that, I was a prosecutor here in Oklahoma City and started seeing defendants you know, not understanding what was going on with their cases and not having communication with their attorneys and sitting out in the gallery waiting all day to to be heard by the judge. And so one of the big things I wanted to do when I opened my practice was to make sure that any client I had understood the criminal justice system because it can be very, very confusing. And sitting out in a courtroom watching other people talk to each other is, is not very informative if you don't know what's going on. So uh, that was my main goal is to start a kind of a client-centered uh, criminal defense practice and, and make sure that everyone can find their way through this crazy system that we have and, and feel good about um, their choices they're making and, and their outcomes. Is there anything else I, I, I should look for in a good criminal defense lawyer? No, I always tell people a couple of things. Obviously, the communication is a big thing. Uh, you never want to be in the dark about what's going on with your case, where your case is in the court system. Another thing is have I seen any of the evidence that they claim to have against me? A good lawyer is going to make sure that they obtain that evidence, go through it themselves, look for legal issues, and then make sure the client has an opportunity to go through and, and, and read everything and say, hey, you know, this didn't happen this way. There's no way that someone can build a good defense without, you know, knowing what they're claiming uh, you did. So that's another big issue. And finally, you know, I tell people, go with your gut. If, if this is someone that's going to be working with you on something that's going to affect the rest of your life. And so you want to feel comfortable with that attorney. You want to feel like you can trust that attorney and that that attorney is going to fight for you. Angela, describe what happens after a person is arrested. Walk us through that. Okay, so on the state level for, for Oklahoma, so... Typically, uh, law enforcement arrests you based on some sort of probable cause, some sort of belief that you've committed a crime. What happens at that point is that law enforcement agency will investigate, investigate the crime further, and they'll prepare reports. And those reports go to the district attorney's office for whatever county uh, you allegedly committed the crime in. And it's the, up to the district attorney to uh, decide what charges are actually going to be filed. So if you get arrested for crime A, the district attorney might decide to charge you with crime A and crime B, or you know, vice versa, you maybe get arrested for multiple things, and when the district attorney reviews it, thinks uh, maybe only one or two things apply. So 
a lot of confusion comes in when someone says, hey, I got arrested for this, but then my bond shot up because suddenly I have charges for all these other crimes. So just know that it's it's not the call of law enforcement on what you actually will get charged with. It's going to be up to the district attorney or the prosecutor's office. What's the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor? So for Oklahoma, I'm, we just have felony and misdemeanor. We don't have the different levels like some states do. Uh, a felony just is any crime that carries over a year in prison. So by process of elimination, a misdemeanor is something that carries up to a year in county jail. So it all goes back to the exposure you have to county jail time or prison time. I know you also do DUI offense. Let me ask you this. What are police looking for when they pull people over? First, they're going to, you know, try to identify some sort of issue with your driving. You're, you're going over the center line. You're driving really slow. You're rolling through stop signs. And then once they stop you, they're going to they're gonna try to talk to you and, and get you to roll your window way down. And they're what they're doing that so they can try to detect an odor of alcohol. They're talking to you to see if you're slurring your speech, uh, see if you're going to admit to drinking or doing any type of drug. They're going to ask you to step out of the car and do field sobriety tests. Those are standardized tests where they have specific things they're looking for, but they're also, you know, going to note if you're swaying or if you're having difficulty walking or you're holding yourself up on, on the vehicle. Uh, you know, there's lots of other things that are specific to different types of drugs they may be looking for, the repetition of your speech, the dilation of your eyes, whether your eyes are, are bloodshot and red, just Every little thing about you and what you're doing, what you're saying, and your posture, they're going to look for clues through that. Are there procedural mistakes made by the police during that whole process? Do you see a lot of that? One of the things that is is most frequent would be an illegal stop. So, they just pull someone over for whatever reason and they, they can't articulate uh, a legal reason that they did that. Another issue that they have is the standard field sobriety tests are standard because there is a very specific way that those tests are to be performed. And if they do any of those things incorrectly, then that can be a serious issue. Can a person refuse to take the uh, the roadside tests like like the breath tests and uh, you know walking a line and things like that yeah so the standard field sobriety tests um, in Oklahoma they do the walk and turn the the HDN or the one where you know you you follow a pin or, or some object back and forth uh, absolutely you can refuse to do those um, and typically that's my advice to clients is is not to take those because there's there's not any legal repercussions from re refusing those. And all you're really doing is, is building a case against yourself. Okay, let's talk about plea bargains. 
do you see that a lot in the system? Do, should should folks take a plea bargain? How does all that work? So plea bargains are a huge part of the criminal justice system. You know, it's going to really come down to how you want to proceed. If you don't want a plea bargain, you need to be adamant about that with, with your attorney because a, a lot of attorneys will will pressure you into into taking a plea bargain because frankly at the end of the day going to jury trial is a risky a risky business you know even if you're innocent you're putting your life in the hands of of 12 people that you you don't know plea bargains you know if you're going into a case wanting to do a plea bargain it's it's also important that you explain that to your attorney because there's some things that we can do to help you give us leverage when negotiating out some sort of deal that's that's going to make you happy. Angela, as we do this interview, we're six months into the pandemic. I'm assuming you're open. I think that's probably a pretty safe assumption. But how are you handle it, handling it? How are you seeing people? How are the courts operating? The courts here seem to be operating pretty normal. So, you know, masks are, are requested, um, masks are required for attorneys. Dockets are being staggered on times and number of people in courtrooms are, are being limited. I always give an option, even when we're not in a pandemic time, to do um, consultations over the phone or over Zoom, whatever people feel comfortable with. When people come into my office, just for their safety, I typically wear a mask because I'm often going to different county jails and in lots of different courtrooms and lots of different places over the state. And so I want to make sure I protect anyone that comes in into my office. As far as slowdowns, absolutely things got very slow uh, when the courts closed and things w- are ramping back up. And so what that means is a lot of clients uh, clients are experiencing slowdowns because of the ramp up. So lots of cases are trying to be resolved that are older cases. And so newer cases are getting pushed out further. It's going to take a while to catch everything back up, but it's slowly coming back around and, and cases are getting resolved and we're, we're being able to meet with prosecutors and, and talk about cases and, and get in front of judges now. Our guest today has been attorney Angela Singleton. She can be reached at 405-617-7939. Thanks for listening to Ask the Expert with Steve Sleeper. Join us next time as entrepreneurs and professionals share their intriguing stories of success and service.